0: Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And it it is worth pointing out that in the 30 seconds before we started recording, Matt wanted me to acknowledge that I I prematurely panicked when I said that I thought the season was a lost cause.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things transpire every week that change the dynamic a little bit, I guess.
0: I will say this. I did not realize we were facing the third string quarterback when I had my panic. No, I don't. But I, but I, I,
1: don't. I, I
0: also don't think my panic was completely undeserved as we did have, uh, you know, a special team's gaffe on a touchdown oh, sure. and we had a, you know, we allowed 28 points against the third string quarterback. So, you know. It's true, not,
1: true. Now, now, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, I, I do want to go over some of the, you know, because it, it looks like, you know, guy, you allowed 35 points. It's a bit misleading in some ways um, in, in how those points were allowed. But, but yeah, no, I mean, we didn't, we didn't overnight turn into uh, you know, a top 10 caliber team. I'm not suggesting that by any means, but uh, um, you know, some of the same flaws that were there are still there and some of the same strengths, but we were able to, to, you know, get over the hump finally yesterday, win a road game. Um, and you know, that was a positive thing just overall to just get a win and get a win on the road. Uh, you know, both of those things were much needed at that point of the season.
0: I think, so one of the things that I think, uh, is my big takeaway of this game besides just how great Nikhil Harry is as a yeah. uh, electrifying talent is that everything was the same, but organized in a better fashion. So Wilkins, 14 of 22, 166 yards, one touchdown, uh, a pedestrian day, but big plays to Harry, big plays in the special teams, And Eno Benjamin carved him up again, 29 carries, 185 yards.
1: He did. It's funny you say that because this morning, you know, I was, you know, I was kind of reading some stuff early this morning and, and thinking like, uh, you know, that's that's not something that we should lose sight of in what's happened this year. Um, is that you know we entered the year with with some uh, you know uncertainty at running back. We had lost two pretty good ones that had been very productive for four years, you know, together, and and we didn't have much in the way of returning experience. And he's been really good. Um, he has stepped in and been the player that he was supposed to be. Which, as you and I discussed many times, just because you're highly touted as a recruit, does not mean you're going to be good. And and uh, he has lived up to it so far. And and really, you know, when we talk about next year and replacing the quarterback and replacing Nikhil Harry, you have to be excited that at least you've got that coming back as a as some stability on offense.
0: Through eight games, he has 938 rushing yards, nine touchdowns. He also has 199 receiving yards and a pair of touchdowns in the passing game. Yeah. The, the one stat to me that I found most impressive is when you look at his season. You know, He opened the year th- 16 carries, 131 yards against Utah, which you would expect. The games where the offense seem to at least have an idea of what they were doing are the are the four games where he touched the ball 20 times you know washington 26 carries 104 yards oregon state obviously the breakout game 30 carries 312 yards but the colorado game 28 carries 120 yards and then yesterday 29 for 185
1: yeah yeah i mean he's had he's had some games where he hasn't been productive i don't want to overreact to the a good game yesterday and act like he's, you know, no, run had for two hundred yards every day.
0: There were three clunkers
1: that he's had. Sure. Um, sure. But Michigan State, Stanford and and San Diego State. What? San Diego State. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which then after those Michigan State, San Diego State, we kinda made it a point of emphasis. And 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 Colorado he had a, a great first half and not a great second half. Um, you know, um, some of that's a function of the offense though. It seems like there's times that they've gotten away from running the ball, and, and, you know, circumstances of the game. Stanford, we were down two touchdowns and had to throw the ball more uh, in the second half especially, you know. So, yeah, I mean, the, just the fact that he's been up to the billing, he's been good, he's, uh, he's you know, and, and yesterday, what I was impressed with yesterday, and I don't know if you went, you know, and watched the, the last drives, but the last drive when we needed to carve out yards and, and they knew we were going to run. Um, obviously, it's you know you're you're pretty much gonna run the ball. Uh, they had guys all around the ball, and he was able to navigate and find yardage. It wasn't it wasn't easy yardage. Um, he was making five yards out of plays that looked like minus two.
0: Yeah, no, he's um, he really showed a lot, you know. And and the other thing, which we didn't, we only picked up I think one first down when we were up a field goal after we after we held them, right? Um, you know, when we held them on the fourth and one, we only, yes. yeah, no wait I'm sorry. We picked up two first downs, two first. But downs, we moved,
1: yeah. But it that, was, so we held them on the fourth and one at the 20 Yeah, and we, we moved the ball a little, but then they got it back yeah. with, I can't remember how much time. And then I think they got one first down and we stopped them. And that's when they, we got it back with four minutes, a little under four minutes. And that's, that was the stretch where I was, most impressed by him because it was like, you know, they only had one timeout, so you knew we were going to run the ball. Um, and and he was able to, to, you know, get one first down and get it to a third and one in, an, in the second set of downs, and that's when Manny had the touchdown run on the keeper. So, the you know, the running success there was huge.
0: Yeah, uh, on that drive, four yards, eight yards, five yards, four yards. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and, yeah, I mean, you read those and you think, you know, eh, nothing real special, but but when you watch them and you realize that those could have easily been, you know, zero, minus two, and three, and we're going three and out and punting the ball back with, uh, you know, two minutes to go and them having their timeout, uh, you know, it, that was huge just to be able to move the chains and make something out of nothing a lot of times. Uh,
0: the other thing for ASU on offense is – you know the long ball was not really there. I mean, Harry no. had the spectacular catch, um, but really, other than that, I I don't think they had a completion longer than you know twenty five yards.
1: No, no. I mean, it was it was a well, his touchdown catch in the first half oh, was yeah. I think forty he had, plus. He had two. He had two big he had catches. two yeah yeah. I mean, it's a weird game because you you know if you look just at the final score thirty eight thirty five, you think boy it was a shootout. And it really wasn't. I mean, each team had a special teams touchdown. Um, Each team had a touchdown set up by a turnover. You know, we got a fumble in the first quarter, scored on, I think, the second play of the drive. Uh, They got a fumble to start the third quarter and scored on the first play of that drive. Um, And so it, it was an odd game in the sense that it really, you know, if you watched it, it did not have the feel of, boy, these offenses are doing anything they want. They each had a short stretch. For us, it was it was the first quarter into the second quarter, where you know our offense was moving the ball, looked like it will. And for them, it was the end of the first half and then the first drive of the second half. They put together two touchdown drives in a row, and then got the turnover for a third. Other than that, they really didn't do much offensively, and so that's why I say it's a little misleading. Giving up thirty five points, it you know feels like boy, you know, a lot of holes on defense. Well, it was it was really about a five minute stretch of game time that we gave up 21 of those points. And another one of those came on the the punt return to start the game.
0: Yeah, without the punt return to start the game, you know, ASU's in complete control. But because they got that, and then we gave up the late touchdown drive in the first half. Yeah,
1: the late one at the end of the half, and then the one to start the half. I mean, it it was, again, it was probably a five to six minute stretch of game time where we took, I believe, two offensive snaps, and one was a kneel down at the end of the first half. And the other was a fumble. And, you know, it goes from 24-7 up to down 28-24. I mean, it was, it was as horrific a stretch as you could, you know, imagine basically in a, in a short time of a football game. But we weathered it. And that's, the, you know, again, it was it resembled some of those road losses of this year, last year, where we had, we had success. The success got away from us. And this time we were able to weather it and make enough plays to win, even though the offense never really got back to rolling like it did in the first half. It was enough to win because the defense was pretty good, in all honesty. We got stops you know, from the 10-minute mark of the third quarter all the way through the last minute of the game when they threw that Hail Mary that, that connected. Well, they didn't get anything, and that kept us in the game when the offense was kind of struggling to find its footing.
0: The other thing which you know, we talked about, I brought up last week, in, in sort of a negative context but you know did dsc need to start getting reps because you know he might not be good and we should know that going in right. well you know on the fumble wilkins got hurt he misses the mm-hmm. next drive dsc comes in over two including overshooting an open receiver on a on a deep ball yeah um, yeah
1: yeah which which was there um hard to read too much into one drive obviously you know i mean but, but yeah, I mean, he got something at least, um, he, you know, he got in and took some meaningful snaps for the first time since 2016, you know, when he, when he had to play some and start a game as a true freshman. Um, so we'll see, you know, I mean, I, obviously, I think there's still a lot of to be determined on him with, you know, is he even the starter next year? Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be handed to him by any means. Um, it shouldn't be, but, uh, You know, uh, yeah, he got in, and and it was good to see Manny get back in. Um, But we should, you know, you you started the conversation with this. We should not gloss over the game that Nikhil Harry had um, because we don't win the game without him. He he was the player that we needed him to be to win a game like that.
0: He had a uh, big touchdown reception in the first half, and then when things started to go... Uri, basically mm-hmm. uh, saved us with a yeah. ill-advised 92-yard punt return for a <laughs> touchdown. Uh,
1: it was it was the type of play that you ask a guy like him to make. You would not put pretty much anybody else out there on the field and trust them to make a decision like that. And, you know, again, I'll, I'll say that. And then the very next punt return, he made a dumb decision and calls for a fair catch. As the ball is headed, you know, toward the end zone at the two-yard line, three-yard line, could have easily been a touchback. So, you know, you see the the naivete of him as a punt returner as well. But on that one, it was the play that turned the game. I mean, we, again, we were still, even though the defense kind of settled down and we had kept it at a four-point game, we were down by four late in the third, um, and we needed something, and he, he made a play. And good blocking, too. I mean, give, give guys credit that as he turns the corner, he gets some key blocks that springs him and just, you know, makes something out of nothing. Much like I said about Eno Benjamin, when you have good players, they can do that. And, you know, sometimes your your flaws are covered by the fact you've got really good players. We don't have enough of those yet. He's one.
0: Well, to give context on when that punt return happened, so this was right after the USC run of 21 consecutive points to take the lead 28 24. And, you know, the offense had stagnated. Manny was back in the game, but hurt. Yeah. Uh, Right. And then he does this, and, and he, you know, he catches it, goes to the left turns completely around to the right, backs up to the two-yard line on this. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you watch the replay, because I didn't get to see it live, I, I just yeah. watched the replay, you're, you're looking at it and you're like, well, this is a horrible decision. There's nothing, it
1: looks you, like it. You know, it looks like, yeah, oh, as I'm watching it live, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I, I, you know, it's kind of one of those, you know, no-no-yes kind of kind of plays because you're like, you know, oh, uh, what is he doing? We're going to start, you know, inside the fives. You know, and, and that's if he doesn't, you know, somehow fumble the ball and do a touchdown. And, you know, you're, all those thoughts run through your head as you're watching a guy run laterally and somewhat backwards. Um, and, Between and his eight-yard line
0: know, and two-yard
1: line. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, then it, and then it turns into, you know, then he turns the corner and he gets that one block. I, I think it was Todd Latossi that made the one block to kind of get him up the sideline. And, you know, then you start thinking, whoa, whoa, you know, and, and then he's going. And it's like, holy – Crap, piece. he's going all the way. I mean, you know, like well, when, it he, just, it, when he turns it's not the
0: corner. Up. When when he turns the corner on that, and, and you see him, you know, starting to pick up speed, and this is why yeah. they give him the Secretariat nickname. It, yes. and when it it was one of those things where, you know, what's what's the phrase? If you're even, you're leaving. Yes, uh, for yes. a receiver, you see why yes. that's true for him because there were guys yes. where. You know, they had an angle, and you realized when you, like, in your mind's eye could draw the lines of where that angle was going to take the UFC uh-huh. player to the sidelines, and you realized, oh, Harry's going to be
1: past that. He's going to beat it. Yep, yep, exactly. And he did. And I almost stepped out of bounds, you know, on, on as he was making the cut there about maybe the 20-yard line. Um, but, yeah, just a heck of a play. And, and never – you know, he's one of those guys – I'll be curious to see how he tests at like, the combine and 40-yard dashes because – He's not one of those guys who looks like he's moving really fast. He's not a Tyree kill or somebody like that where you're watching like, whoa, this guy's got unbelievable speed. But it's it's uh, very, you know, functional speed. It's, It's the ability to, you know, beat a guy when he needs to get to a spot. And he showed it on that, that, you know, just just kind of effortless, sort of, you know, graceful running.
0: And then you saw the other half of his game, which is the yeah. you know body sort of control and ama- yeah. You know, I, I saw his quote after was well, I reached my hand out because of, you know one hand was the only way I was even going to get a piece of the ball, and luckily it stuck. It's like that. It's not luck when you're <laughs> when you're doing it that frequently. Yeah. Right? And well,
1: and, and that I believe, as we're talking about that, if I'm thinking back right, that came on the drive after the fourth down stop. Mm -hmm. and we didn't we didn't get any points off that you know that catch got us inside the 40 and we we stagnated you know and ended up at fourth and eight had to punt but it you know at first of all it got us you know it flipped the field and eventually you know we downed a punt inside the 10 and then they punted that's when we got the ball back and, and you know sealed the game essentially with the touchdown run although we should discuss that a little bit um and that that series, But but just, the, you know, uh, I mean, the highlight real nature of it alone was amazing uh, to make a catch like that. But it, even though it didn't lead to points, it did have consequence in the game. When you and can, yeah, I mean, when, you field. know, any first down in the fourth quarter is big when you've got the lead. And it, it gave us that and, it you know, the domino effects that ended up with field position being in our favor.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about... Uh, ASU's final touchdown, 45-yard touchdown run by Manny Wilkins with a minute 23 left. This was after Enos' four consecutive carries. Yeah, uh, Manny calls his own number, breaks loose, and was gone. Um, you and I were texting back and forth about it, and yeah. you know you correctly noted that. a a fall down at the five yard line ends the game
1: ends the game I mean at the five or at the 15 or at 25 or I mean all we needed was a first down there and it was third and one and it was a great play call you know because we had run you know four straight times I think they were certainly expecting to see it a fifth straight time Um, and, and and you know I it's always tough I don't you know it's easy to sit on the couch and say fall down you know and it's even easier to do it after the fact now I will confess to you, and I think you know me well enough that I'm honest, I was saying it as it was happening. As soon as he breaks into the the open, I'm shouting at the TV, just go down, just go down. Uh, You know, the only way that that play becomes anything bad and you lose the game is one, turning it over, fumbling the ball as you're carrying it, or two, scoring. (laughs) <laughs> we did we did yeah and and Oregon did it too you know against Stanford cost themselves a game um and then the other is scoring because you know yeah they're out of timeouts and yeah you're up by 10 but crazier things have happened than a team scoring twice with a minute 23 to go and they did score once and if they get the onside kick all of a sudden you know they've got 35 seconds to get in position to kick a field goal to tie the game I mean it, it should have never been in that spot and again it's, it's not as bad, certainly, of a decision as he made at the end of the game last week. But fifth-year starting quarterback, third-year starter, fifth-year senior player, I, I expect a little bit more heady decision, honestly. I mean, yes, I know the emotion gets to you, but go down. We've seen it. It's not like I'm asking for something that we've never seen a football player do. Um, I've watched quarterbacks do it. I've watched running backs do it. And that's the end of the game. Two kneel downs and and you're getting on the plane.
0: Uh, I'm gonna unpopular comment to make and I'm uh, you know lukewarm on, on this idea yeah but yeah does Manny call his own number specifically a lot like I don't know I feel like you can tell near the goal line in the shotgun one of these he's gonna try to run
1: right, right? and you just right. know he is um, you always wonder I mean I think so many of these now are are option plays. Um, and you read the defense, and certainly on that play, whether it was called or he read the defense, it was absolutely the right decision uh, because they all crashed down. I mean, it was it was a textbook, you know, a zone read type of play. Before that, you know, before this offense became so in vogue where everybody was doing it. I mean, that was exactly, you know, boy, well, you read the defense, and if their defense all crashes down, take it outside, gone. And and it absolutely did. But yeah, I don't know if it was pre-called or not. Hard to say. Uh, you know, was it, was it called in the huddle or from the sideline that, hey, you keep the ball this time? Or was it him saying, I'm going to do it. I'm taking it this time. I, who knows? Uh, you know, that's only a few people know that, I suppose.
0: But I, I guess where I'm going with this is, That strikes me as the kind of attitude of a guy who feels like he still has something to prove, and I think the stories that you saw uh, this week indicate that he does. Yeah. Uh, Well,
1: I think I think you know I'm not around the program like I was back then, but Manny's tenure here feels a lot like Rudy Carpenter's, doesn't it? Like the the ups and the downs and and that sort of, he seems to have that same chip on his shoulder. I mean, not with the circus of the whole Sam Keller thing um, that happened with Rudy, but he seems to have that same chip that's like, you know, nobody respects me and I'm fighting for that respect. And that can be good, but it can also be bad. Um, in Rudy's case I believe it was bad and I don't know about it in Manny's because I don't know him I mean I was I got to be around Rudy a little bit and, you know back in that tenure because of my job um, I don't know Manning at all aside from being a fan so I can't say whether it's something that drives him positively or negatively but it feels very similar and I'm sure you read the story Rudy was quoted in that story a lot about you know Manning's you know and I did think yeah I, I could certainly see similarities between the two of
0: them Well, and that's one of the other things about the comparison that I hadn't really thought about much. But Rudy, I I think everyone would agree, became very focused on his own numbers and where you know the the, perhaps the worst thing that happened to Rudy Carpenter was he was the most efficient passer in college as a freshman. As a freshman, because then he was afraid to put the ball into trouble. He was afraid to throw the ball away
1: which resulted in tons of sacks yeah. and him getting beat up. And and I don't, you know, again, I can't speak to what Manny says behind the scenes, but I know that Rudy was very quick to, um, you know, throw others under the bus at least behind the scenes. Maybe not publicly so much, but, um, you know, it was it was usually someone else's fault. And sometimes, let's be honest, he was right. I mean, the offensive line was poor and the team was poorly coached offensively. We know that, uh, you know, you know, we had skilled guys that, you know, some were not, some were just not the caliber that should be playing on a division one football team. Um, so it wasn't totally wrong, but you know, it, it got to be where it just felt like it was always someone else's fault. Um, and yeah, he had that, he had that chip and, and, you know, we talk about that always in like a positive way, a Tom Brady sort of way. Oh, plays with that, you know, nobody respects me mentality. Well, it can be that but it, some guys don't thrive on that as well and I don't think Rudy Carpenter did and I don't know about Manny, I mean, I, again, I, I'm speaking just as a fan um, but he just, sometimes it seems like he gets in his own way with his attitude a little bit and you know, yesterday was positive, other times it feels like not so much
0: Yeah, but big picture for me we're 4-4 four and four
1: yeah, two and three in the in the conference and uh, essentially, well, truly, almost almost truly, I guess we would need one more Colorado loss, which I think is realistic because they still play Utah, they still play Washington State. Um, that we would control our own destiny as crazy as that sounds. Uh, given the way we've played and, and being under 500. If we beat Utah this week, a big if, yes, they're playing very well. They look like the best team in the division by a decent margin. But if we can beat them, all of a sudden, you know, first of all, everybody would have three losses in the division, so we would be right there and we'd have head-to-head on both USC and Utah with a chance to still have head-to-head on Arizona and UCLA. It gives us a decent chance. Um
0: well, mean, and that's the you thing, know, you know, and we've talked about this. The the formula for winning your division, especially in the South compared yeah. to the North, is if you can sweep or almost sweep the South.
1: The division games, you know, exactly. Then you're okay. Yeah, you know? right, right. I mean, that's you know, I, I know Arizona had a had a, a surprising win. Oregon was dud last night. But, you know, Arizona's not in the same position because they've already lost to UCLA and USC and Utah. So even though they've got three division losses, too, they've got three tiebreakers that they're going to lose. We only have one. And, and that's with Colorado, who's reeling right now, who's come, you know, who at the time they beat us was two ahead of us, has now lost three in a row, blew a 31-3 lead yesterday to Oregon State, um, and lost an OT. And so all of a sudden, you look, I'm like, ah, you know, is it possible? It's possible. Now, again, we have to beat Utah. A loss to Utah pretty much, you know, against those dreams, much like the USC game last year. We needed that game to really have a chance to win the division, and they beat us, and that was that. We'd be, you know, losing to them. We'd be two behind them. Uh, in fact, we'd be pretty much done, I think, at that point, because they'd be 5-2, and two and the best we could get to is 5-4, and four. and I think we'd be eliminated at that
0: Um, This is a a must win if we're going to have a shot at the division.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe in sort of a three-way, four-way tie. I guess we'd still possibly have a chance. I don't know. Uh, We might not be completely mathematically out, but we'd be pretty close. But a win all of a sudden puts us, you know, in the driver's seat. A win would put us basically in position that if we won out, uh, we would very likely win the division, which, again, we still have to go to Oregon, however, Put the caveat that the last couple weeks, Oregon has not looked like the team they looked like the first six weeks of the season, so maybe that game's not as impossible as it seemed. Um, man, you know, UCLA and Arizona, two under 500 teams that you, you know, you hope you could beat. If you're going to be a division champion, you need to beat those teams, so we'll see. You know, again, things transpire. Um, we find a way to win a game that it looked like we were going to lose early in the second half, Colorado. Absolutely blows a game that it looked like they had all wrapped up, and again, you
0: look, and all of a sudden, the, against the worst team, exactly,
1: the <laughs> exactly. You know that you would have thought before the game was easy, and certainly when it was thirty-one-three in the second half, you think, well, that game's over. Um, and all of a sudden, you look up and think, uh, we still got a shot at this. Um, now, absolutely have to win this week again. It's not like it's going to be easy, but. Uh, you know, going into November still with a shot, you know, it's a product of a bad division, no doubt. But, you know, no excuses. You know, you you, you can only win the division you're in, and we're in a division that's pretty mediocre right now.
0: Yeah, look, we run the table. We go 8-4. We're very likely. We, we, we win the
1: South, I think. We're very likely there. Yeah, I mean, unless Colorado wins out, which I would be surprised. Um, again, they have to play Washington State, who, wow, Washington State. Uh, we should take a second yeah. to to acknowledge how wrong we both were on them because they are the they're the team to beat right now in the Pac-12. I guess
0: you have to give credit to Leach because this here's yeah, what we didn't account for. We did not account for this is exactly the situation where Mike Leach teams thrive. Which you're is, right they, you, you came into the year and it's like well they, this team has no shot they're, they're no in shot disarray yeah. you know
1: that Leech might be leaving quarterback to anything, questions you know. defensive coordinator leaves for for the same job somewhere else they had six assistants leave total Leeches, is you know flirting with other schools and, and you know arguing on Twitter about politics and uh, I mean, yeah, well, everything and he's said, fighting expect with a 3-9 season, yeah. and, and now here they are.
0: He's fighting with the conference, like openly right, feuding right, with the conference. Right,
1: right, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything Everything preseason would have told you, well, this team's probably going 3-9 and nine or 4-8, and eight, and you can certainly see why. I mean, it, you know, it's not going to be hard to write the story of Washington State having a bad season. But, boy, I mean, you can't say enough about what they're doing um, – that was a classic I mean at it Washington State has a reputation, I'm sure you've heard it, the phrase of "cooking it. Mm-hmm. And they have a they have a reputation of whenever something good happens, they give it away the next week or the next day or whatever. And and yesterday was a prime example. They get that big win, game day's there. They beat Oregon, fans stormed the field, everybody's happy. And they have to go to Stanford. And you certainly would have thought, well, here we go, this is where Washington State will blow it, in the Tommy Callahan way. You know, mm-hmm. this is where I blow it. And they didn't. Down 28-14, they come back and win. Last second field goal. Um, you know, pretty impressive. And and now now they really have to avoid that cooking it by not, you know, choking on some winnable games the rest of the season basically until Washington. Um, but yeah, really impressive that they're here. Uh, I would not have guessed it.
0: So the rest of their schedule, home to Cal, at Colorado, home to, home to Arizona. With Arizona and the Apple Cup is on the Palouse.
1: So it is. Okay. I didn't know where that was. Okay. So, and, and boy, with Washington, I don't know if you saw what happened with Washington last night, but losing to Cal Browning, got benched for a series, um, came back in, but the series that he got benched resulted in the turn of the game. Essentially guy throws an interception that, you know, puts Cal in front. you have to think Washington, especially the team that started the year with such high hopes is their season about to go off the rails. I mean, they've got three losses now. You know, they're barely a, still alive in the Pac-12 race. Certainly any hope of a national title is long gone. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's very manageable for Washington State the rest of the way. Um, if, if they continue to play the way they played the last two weeks, I'd be surprised if they don't go 11-1 and and, you know, get to the conference title game.
0: Yeah, you know, Washington yesterday – they take a lead, they do a typical Washington drive, they, and, you know, score. Yeah, star, 7 nothing right out of the box. And then, you know, give up a field goal. That was it. Give up another yeah. field goal. Then, like you said, it's the pick six in the yeah, third quarter. Yeah, by,
1: by the backup quarterback, which man, Joe Browning had not played well, obviously. That's why it was 7-6 late in the third. But uh, that's a questionable move, obviously. I mean, it's well, the type of move that, you know.
0: Jake, but Jake gets, Browning's also not like... A freshman, it's not like you're having a quarterback no. battle like Right. Jake He's a year starter. The he, he, Yes he, year starter. yes you should be confident that he can I think you ride out. that
1: out with him. I agree. I, he, I mean I think I,
0: Peterson overthought
1: this. Maybe. I think so too. Now look is it the type of move I mean you know we all uh praise you know the, the guts of Nick Saban going to two at the half last year. But If, if the, you know, the way the half started, you know, if if that continues and Tua throws a pick and they end up getting beat, then it's like, what are you doing? You got a quarterback who's, who's great. You know, it takes, it takes guts sometimes to make a great move. And sometimes those gutsy moves don't work. And that was one that didn't, Um, you know, I, I can see, I guess, in some ways, the reasoning, but boy, I don't, I don't understand it in, in other ways, because this is your guy. I think you would, you trust him to get you out of the fire. He may have put you in the fire, but you trust him to get do enough to get you out of it. And they didn't do that, and so yeah, you you wonder where their season goes from here. It's going to take to take a, a good amount of leadership, coaching, and players to not let the season just slip off the rails and finish, you know, seven and five or something like that.
0: Meanwhile, as we look around, Clemson uh, big win oh, in Florida. obliterated Florida State,
1: absolute just domination.
0: Uh, Georgia. In the not world's largest outdoor cocktail party, uh, hangs on.
1: Good win, good win for them. Yeah, Jake Fromm looked good. Um, you know, he, he made big throws at the in the fourth quarter, which you know was the was the big question because he really struggled against LSU, but delivered some big-time throws late in the game when the game was still in the balance, and, um, you know, Florida gets eliminated from the SEC East, and and now we've got a, an SEC East championship game next week, Georgia at Kentucky, who would have guessed?
0: What a crazy end to that
1: Kentucky game. Oh, man, resume. oh, man, amazing game, yeah, they, Kentucky's offense is, is, you know, just horrendous the last three weeks, but they keep finding ways to win. Or at least be competitive. Their defense is really good, and you, I mean, you know, the atmosphere there is going to be good with that on the line. They've never been to the SEC title game, and they're one win away from getting there. Uh, that that'll be an interesting game next week, uh, you know, because that'll be a tough test for Georgia going on the road. They didn't pass it very well at LSU, um, and another really good defense to face.
0: Uh, in the Big Twelve uh, shakeup, as Oklahoma State upended Texas and yeah. Oklahoma beat down Kansas State. Uh, it, you know, you got an undefeated. So let's go through. You got an undefeated Notre Dame. You got an undefeated yeah. Clemson. You got an undefeated Alabama.
1: But you would figure if those three remain undefeated, I think pretty right. safe to say they're all going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But then the this then it gets interesting because you've got yes it does. You know, you've got Oklahoma. You've got possibly Georgia or Kentucky. Yeah. Um. Although they will wind up with two losses something if like Alabama's should, undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. Something true, that should true. not be overlooked. Right,
1: right. Um I think I don't think you'll see a two loss team get in unless we're out of one loss teams, I guess. The, you know, best way to like I don't think you'll see a two loss Georgia get in over a one loss Oklahoma or a one loss Michigan or Ohio State. Something like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, so you know LSU, Michigan, Georgia they're all kind of in the same boat yeah. of if if yeah. they, if they win out they're
1: in i think so yeah yeah i mean if uh, you know we, we obviously we'll get some we'll get a lot of questions answered this week this is a this is a big time week next saturday in in college football a lot of big games starting with lsu alabama but georgia kentucky like we talked about michigan penn state which would you know be a huge win if michigan can get it set up that potentially big showdown with ohio state at the end of the year um, you know, Texas-West Virginia, which is essentially, you know, now they both have one Big 12 loss, so that's a huge game for the potential Big 12 title game. Oklahoma-Texas Tech, Texas Tech's been playing better, you know, and that's at Lubbock, that's not an easy game for them. I mean, there are a lot of big-time games. Notre Dame and Northwestern, Northwestern finds themselves leading the, the Big 10 West out of nowhere. <laughs> Almost um, on
0: accident. Northwest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've won five in a row. Own destiny. <laughs> Yeah, they they've, you know, after starting one and three and we saw the third loss there, uh, and you know, the first two were Duke and Akron at home. They've won five in a row and looking here, they're they're, you know, five and one in the in the Big Ten West with, you know, a chance to get to the Big Ten title game. Um, well and, and possible and got that, a, that got we a... saw the Big Ten title game preview in in, in uh, Evanston. Uh, right now, those are the two leaders.
0: Yeah, I mean for them The Notre Dame game doesn't have any impact on them at all. So you're really looking at that road trip to Iowa, probably deciding who wins the Big Ten West. Right,
1: because the rest of their – I know they play Illinois, who stinks. Uh, Um, They go to Minnesota. uh, Minnesota, who's not very good either. So, yeah, I mean, if they can beat Iowa, then certainly it feels like it should be theirs. Now, the thing with Northwestern is they have played everybody close. They're not an overpowering team. I mean, they struggle to beat Rutgers, who really, really stinks. And and so you know you can't say with them right now that they're playing well enough to think any game's a gimme, um, because they seem to they seem to play to the level of their competition. They can you know hang with Michigan all the way to the end, and they can beat Wisconsin pretty convincingly, but then have trouble beating Rutgers. So it's like uh, who knows with them? They're <laughs> yeah. they're unpredictable.
0: Losing to Akron.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so who knows? We'll you know, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a big game for Notre Dame, obviously on the road. Although you would expect, much like the game we went to, they'll have a lot of fans there. You know, from the from the visiting team, um, Chicago being a big, you know, Notre Dame base. Uh, so it, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting. Next Saturday, we'll answer some of our questions, a lot of them actually. Uh, you know, as to where it shakes out with some of these one-loss teams, how many are still alive? Is, is LSU still in the mix or not? Uh, you know, if LSU beats Alabama, can Alabama backdoor its way in just like they did last year? That possibility exists. You know, they, they go 11-1, and they lose only to LSU. LSU goes to the SEC title game, either wins or loses to Georgia in a rematch. And do we get two SEC teams again? Possible.
0: Before we go, one one last note. Uh, ASU basketball had its super secret scrimmage with New Mexico State where we right. don't know anything about it, except obviously we know everything about what happened. Uh, <laughs> ASU beat New Mexico State 79-72. They did it without Martin, Scheibel, or Mitchell, all of them right. with injuries. Dort led the way with 21 points. Rob Edwards, or I'm sorry, Dort had 24, Edwards had 21, and Zyland Chief double-double, yeah. 12 points, 11 boards.
1: Yeah yeah solid you know I mean obviously uh, not having Remy Martin especially is is a big factor there um, and, and I think Mitchell will play a big role this year provided that he's healthy enough to. I'm a little concerned with his you know uh, back issues that, that I guess he's back practicing some but still has me a little worried that's going to be a season long problem um but yeah, I mean, good. Always good to get a, a solid win. New Mexico State's a solid program. They're you know they're not a they're not a walkover. Um, so it sounds like good. Obviously, no one knows exactly how it transpired, but good to have more points on the board at the end of the day.
0: We're going to talk about ASU basketball as we head into uh, you know the official start of the season. We've also got more ASU football, and uh, Matt and I will be here to give you all of that plus our thoughts on going to see the Auburn Tigers in person. That's
1: right. That's right. Yes. Yes.
0: Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.